Hi everyone, and welcome to Fine Vines and Wine. I'm your host, Karis Pixie, and each week I'll be giving you all an insight into the behind the scenes of our favorite beverage, wine. I'd love for you to use this podcast platform as a winery guide for your next weekend away, exploring everything Australia has to offer. You never know, you might discover a new spot or two to visit. I acknowledge the Cadigal and the Wutharong peoples, traditional custodians of the land that we recorded today's podcast episode on. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across the nation. On this episode of Fine Vines and Wine, I'm joined by Belinda Austin, owner of Austin's and Six Foot Six Wine, plus the head of marketing and direct sales too. Thank you so much for joining me. How is your week going? Uh, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, it's always, you know, always on the go and something to do, but good week so far. Oh, perfect. Um, so we'll just jump straight in some, into some questions. You said in your emails that you launched a new project this week. C- can you tell us a little more about it or is it more of a secret? Oh, <laughs> it's not a secret. We have partnered up with uh, Gary Ablett Jr., who is a... Uh, a quite a well-known footballer who retired last year and oh, awesome. uh yeah and so he's actually started Ablett Wines and we're his wine partner uh so oh, congratulations he, yeah, yeah which was great so we launched the third wine um that he's done so that was uh you know I, I was doing the website and the marketing and the um mm. creative direction and so forth so that was a pretty big project but it got off the ground which was great and that was launched uh last Thursday Oh, amazing. Congratulations. And what style of wine is it? So it's actually, uh, there's either a Pinot Noir or a Shiraz from our Austin's range. And then footballers actually, or sports personalities, actually hand sign the labels. So it's more of our sporting memorabilia um, as opposed to, um, so it's it's good wine, but it's more about a collector's item. So I don't know how many people would actually crack it open and drink it um, or (laughs) if they just sit it on their mantelpiece and display it. We're not really sure what the... uh, the open rates for that wine is but um it's a it's a good uh, project and it's something exciting to do and, and very different so yeah it's been good definitely well I feel like I mean I keep all of my special bottles so like when I've drank a wine if it has like a specific memory to the bottle I'll keep yes. the bottle so maybe someone will do something like that yeah maybe fill it back up with some um cordial or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> oh my gosh that would be funny or use it as a pass that always yeah, works too that's right how long have you been working in wine so uh, the winery that I work in, which is Austin's with um, my husband, and Scott, and I uh, own and operate it. So he actually took it over from his parents. So his parents started it in 1982. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah. And Scott came on board uh, about, oh, I think it was 2002 or around there. I always forget the dates. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then I met Scott and came on board and just started to um, help out. And that was in about... 2014 so okay yeah, what's that seven years or something around there oh wow yeah, <laughs> yeah. amazing yeah my yeah. maths isn't very good but we'll yeah, say around there <laughs> so we'll just say let's say seven years so he actually yeah. asked me to come on and um, help out with social media because I was the youngest person around um, mm. and that was how I came into the business so I started doing social media and then um, I ended up yeah just um, taking over uh, the marketing and and now I 
I do some marketing but also um, run special projects and, and assist with uh, just the, the day-to-day running of the business as well. Oh, awesome. Well, your social media is amazing. All of your Instagram posts are so, so good. I love them. So you're doing really well. Thank you. Yeah, I have a good team as well. I don't actually, um, I managed the social media myself for about six years. Okay. um, And in the last two years, I've just become more um, over strategy as opposed to the day-to-day posting. Although I do go in there every day and I still comment and, and, uh, and I make sure I get back to all the DMs and things because yeah. I think it's still important to keep your finger on the pulse and be connected to, you know, your customers. Um, but it is it is nice that I can have some time to do other things now. <laughs> Oh, definitely. My um, my full time job is actually a social media content creator, and it is literally a full time job, yes. like just replying to people and yes. posting and shooting content. So I completely understand that. <laughs> yes. It is. Uh, it's it's never ending, and it can be um, it can be dangerous because you 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 there is no switch off button. It takes a lot mm. of you know. You have to just learn to put the phone down, um, and have some some time away from from social media at times it, it sort of never switches yes. off yes no I completely mm. get that what's the story behind six foot six wine yeah so it was actually uh created at the time I think it was about 2001 um there really wasn't any affordable pin and noir in that 20 dollar sort of price bracket at yeah. the time of the quality that um so Richard who uh he was still running the business at that stage and he really wanted a pin and noir that that would be affordable where it'd be really great quality and and sort of pack a punch for that 20 dollar price point so yeah. uh yeah and we because we've got one oh I, we we did at the time. I'm not sure what what it's the stand, uh, what it is now, but the one of the largest single holdings of Pinot Noir in the country, oh, wow. family owned, family owned. Yeah. So at mm. the moment, I think we've got about 92 acres of Pinot Noir. Um, oh, awesome! Yeah, which is why we can make such a great quality um, a Pinot at that price point. Uh, but anyway, so so Richard had a love of Pinot. He planted all this Pinot, and then he thought, well, we've got so much of it. Let's create a more affordable option. And then they said, we really want a really cool, punchy name. They said, we really yeah. want a punchy name. So um, it was actually named after William Buckley, who okay. is a co- convict, was a convict. He came over from England. He was on a convict ship and he actually escaped the ship and he ended up living with a local Indigenous tribe um, okay. who, who thought he it was their God coming back to life and visiting them and uh, because he was so tall. He was six foot six tall and white. Ah. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit of an, uh, a tribute to William Buckley um, who was in the Port Phillip region, uh, a fun story, uh, educational story as well as mm. a really cool name which is catchy, yeah. six foot six, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really great name. It is really catchy and it does stand out as well. So, no, that story's awesome. I didn't yeah. even know that. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we've got the black and white stripe on the cap it is an ode to ah, a convict. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I, yeah. I, love the, like, I love finding out stories behind wine names. They're always so interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it, it is a good um, – so it's, I don't know if you've ever heard of the name like uh, the saying uh, Buckley's chance or you know you've got no. Buckley's chance of survival and anyway it's just like no one believed that he would survive he ended up living with the, the Indigenous tribe for 30 years he had a family wow with them and everything yeah before before he um got found by the white people again mm. what's been your most memorable moment on your wine journey so far 
Oh, look, I don't know if I have. I mean, I think it's been, I think the last few years, just seeing some goals that we've we've been able to achieve in terms of yeah. some sales goals and personal one, I was uh, shortlisted for Women in Wine Awards in marketing, so that was great. But, yeah, honestly, I think we just try and look back every 12 months and, and it's just been We've been really fortunate that um, we've had a great team. We've worked really hard, and we've um, we've been able to to achieve all the sales goals we've wanted to in the last five years, um, as well as creating a really good work environment for our team. So you know they're sort of our main things. Um, last year we won the BWS Local Lovers Wine Awards. That was oh, congratulations! Yeah, which was awesome, and that's meant that we actually got distribution. Um, in a lot more BWS stores in Victoria. Yeah. Uh, another one is that we crowdfunded for our cellar door. So we created this special wine and we got the public to purchase the wine. And in exchange, we also put their, we're going to put their name on our cellar door. So that was a really great way to crowdfund oh. our cellar door. Yeah, which was a really yes. great highlight. And I think everything comes down to the fact that we feel really connected to our customers and we see that being returned with either, you know, the loyalty in um, our sales growth and mm. the continuation of their support when we launch something like our our Salador um, crowdfunding type campaign, people get behind it. We're just mm. really lucky that that um, we've got such great support in Geelong and Melbourne and and beyond. And I think that that's always when you stop and reflect on that, that would be definitely the highlight um, that I've experienced over the last few years. Yeah, definitely. So do you have a cellar door now or are you working towards opening one? No, we're working towards opening one. So okay. we, we've um, we've got some government funding, we've had our own private funding and then we did some crowdfunding. Um, oh, awesome. So, yeah, so um, we actually are just waiting on the final permit, which should come through any day. And then we're oh, hoping, amazing. Yeah, to be open in November or December this year. Oh, congratulations. Mm, I'm sure you're thank you. excited for that. It is. It's um, it's a whole change of business for us, though. So it's really interesting to see how, because we've been predominantly a wholesaler, wholesaling mm. business, um, yeah. and now we're trying to um, change that to more direct-to-consumer, hence the cellar door and so forth, and opening up this property. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, and it will probably mean our working lives change a bit, but it's exciting. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, everyone loves going to a cellar door, especially with no, not being able to travel at the moment. I feel like everyone's just yeah. going to all the wine regions. So I think it's a perfect time to open one. Yes, let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, what's the difference between six foot six wine and Austin's? Yeah, so um, there is a bit of difference, mainly that Austin's is 100% from our property. And a lot of it is still hand-picked Austin's and it's yeah. all, oh, except for the Riesling, are matured in French oak. So okay, it's just yeah. a little bit more love, a little bit more time, a lot smaller batch. So, you know, we might make 5,000 bottles of um, an Austin's varietal, but with six foot six, it's a lot more. Uh, yeah. And six foot six, we don't, uh, so the Pinot Noir, the Shiraz and the Rosé is from our property, but a lot of the white wines we source um, from premium vineyards around Victoria. It's just a different price point. So not all of it's matured in oak, but, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's still a great uh, quality wine for its price point. It just has, um, yeah. yeah, it's just made it a little bit differently and mm -hmm. sometimes the wine source uh, or the other fruit is sourced elsewhere. 
Ah, amazing. And with your cellar door, will you be, will people be able to try both Austin's and Six Foot Six? Yes, definitely. Um, we will have, we're, we're planning on, with Six Foot Six, we have a little bit of fun with it too. Yeah. Um, so we sometimes do a lot of cocktails and things. So we'll hopefully you know, on the weekends have a cocktail van outside for Six Foot Six as well as traditional oh, awesome. wine. Yeah, traditional wine. Um, and then Austin's will definitely be the feature for our, our seated tastings that we will have. Um, so they'll just, they'll, the both wines will be there, but it'll just they'll just have the different format, the different way to, to taste them. Yeah, which I think is really good fun as well. And I'm actually going to skip forward a couple of questions mm. and touch on that cocktail um, yes. wine recipes that you were talking about. So I saw on your website that you've got a big wine cocktail section. Yes. What's your favourite wine cocktail or, uh, and are there any that you would recommend for us to try? Oh, look, it's so many i mean i love the uh, the um elderflower cocktail which is prosecco elderflower soda lime mm. and fresh mint that to me is just so refreshing yeah but i must admit i can't go past an aperol spritz like i just love that bitter orange with the prosecco it's mm. very good yeah so we've got two um cocktail books that you can download on our website i highly recommend oh, awesome. i've tasted all the cocktails all <laughs> of them. they're all good um yes but i'm not really a big sweet tooth so i stay away from the sweet ones and i prefer the yeah. sort of fresh mint and, and so forth but yeah they're all they're all pretty good i've tried them many of times <laughs> <laughs> yeah the elderflower one sounds amazing i'm not a massive fan of aperol spritz i think it's the bitterness that i'm not keen on but uh, I've, had, yes. I've had a similar elderflower one before and it was really good so, so i'll definitely delicious. have to try that one out yes yeah and we've got a few new spritz recipes coming up that we're going to be putting on um our Instagram account over the next month, which is good. Just some easy, really easy spritzes you could make with what um, ingredients you've got in your cupboard. So um, keep a lookout for those as well. Perfect. We will do. Mm. I feel like as well, because whenever I have a barbecue or people over, I always like to do like communal cocktails for everyone. Yes. And it's always good. I feel like spirits, like it's good, but you always have to put so much in, whereas the wine yeah. ones, that would be quite fun to try something different. So definitely check it for, out yeah and it's good for daytime because it, essentially it's a lower alcohol drink so mm. you can have a bit more fun whereas if, if you do start putting spirits in it can get pretty nasty pretty yes quickly. <laughs> oh my gosh definitely <laughs> oh dear we've all had those moments haven't we oh Which, yes um, we yes. have <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it's better to to mix it with a bit of soda or something and, and keep the day going Yes, definitely. I definitely <laughs> agree with that. Your wines are 100% vegan, which yes. I love. What goes into making a successful vegan wine and what do you use to bind the wine instead of the classic um, fish eggs or whatever Yeah, else well, a lot of people, I remember when we started, um, we had a lot of requests for vegan wine. A lot of people yeah. said, can you make your wine vegan? Can you make your wine vegan? This is probably about five years ago. So oh, wow. uh, our wine, yeah, our winemaker looked into it and it was, we use pea proteins, which binds the wine. It's just basic. And that's, it's really just uh, one of the last things you do with wine is to, to bind it, refine it. Um, and there's different ingredients out there that do that. And it's mm. really just sourcing the right one. The only thing is, which is why not all wines are vegan, it can take a bit longer. Okay. So sometimes the bigger brands don't uh, want to switch. But, yes, it's it's simply using vegetable-based uh, protein instead of fish or eggs. Okay, yeah. that's really interesting. Mm. So it sort of just like binds it the same as it would. Why would it take longer? 
To be honest, I don't know the ins and outs. All I know, (laughs) (laughs) I try and understand the um, science behind the wine, but I Mm. must admit I much more enjoy the um, tasting and learning about that side of things. But I have asked the wine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the wine, mate, it's a bit, I, I actually don't understand why a lot more wineries aren't vegan. It, yeah. It, I, I think maybe some, it hasn't affected the quality, it hasn't affected our taste. Um, yeah. All it's done is opened us up to a new market that um, and, and meeting the needs of, of people's lifestyle and dietary, so lifestyle choices and, and allergies as well, So which is great. But, yeah, it's just a vegetable-based protein that um, finds the wine. Oh no, it's amazing. It's such mm. so cool that that can be done with a vegetable-based protein yes. as well. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like nowadays everyone either has allergies or they're vegan yes. or they don't have dairy or they don't have eggs, yes. so it's really good to just like accommodate everyone by changing one simple thing. That's right, and it's been, you know, and it's really great that we can do that. Um and you know, because we are a smaller business, we can be a lot more responsive and quicker in our decisions like that so yeah um it's always a positive to, to being a small business is that you can go this is what people are asking for let's make it happen and um, yes yeah that was one of them oh no definitely it's amazing um what grapes grow best in the Geelong wine region so it's a cool climate region. So yeah. Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, uh, the heroes of the region. Uh, Shiraz is becoming a lot more well-known, the cool climate Shiraz. Obviously, it's a medium-bodied as opposed to a heavier-bodied, say, from um, Adelaide Hills region, et cetera, or, in, or yeah. um, Heathcote. We Personally, at Austin's, we also grow Riesling, which is very okay, yeah. site-specific. Um, not very many people in the region grow it, but we've got limestone yeah. soils and um, an elevated block, so it suits our vineyard. Yeah, but it's not so much well-known to Geelong, but it, but it is um, favourable to our site. You know, I, um, I just did my um, West Level 2 exam on Easter Monday, actually, crazy having an exam on Easter Monday um, and learning all about the different soil types. I had no idea that so many different soils affect the way that the wines grow. It's amazing. Yeah. So we've actually got um, ancient volcanic soils. So we've uncovered some... um, some fossils in our in our vineyard that were um, that have like seashells and things in them. So yeah. okay. many years ago, under under the ocean and and very volcanic soil. So it is uh, really unique to the Marble Valley region in Geelong, mm. where we are, and that's why we we do make such um, uh, great Pinot Noir in this region as well, and the, and the low rainfall. So it combines to um, make a pretty unique wine. Yeah, amazing. No, it's mm. so, so I find all of that sort of stuff so interesting. Mm, it um, really is, yeah. Yeah, no, it really is. Um talking about the different wines, what wines are you drinking right now? What wines am I drinking? What wines am I not drinking? But I must admit, <laughs> I I do head to a Pinot Noir. Um yeah. and look if I'm going for a white wine, I do love uh, a Riesling, you know, I'm not that fussy, let's be honest. But mm. yeah, if I, <laughs> if I had to pick one up, it would be a Pinot Noir. I just, okay, you know, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I do, I do love a Pinot Noir as well. It's a nice. If I want a glass of red and I don't want something that's too heavy, and I want to have a couple of glasses, then it's a really yes. nice option to go with. That's right. I mean, I, I I do love to try all different wines and from different regions um yeah. obviously it's much easier to pick up a bottle of our own which is you know majority of the <laughs> yes. time <laughs> and uh yeah a pinot just hits the spot for me because i i don't typically like um heavy reds and um, no, me neither 
yeah, you know, I, I can if I'm having a heavy meal, but if I go out or something. But at home, it's very much crack open a pinot and enjoy a nice, at the moment here, we can enjoy it by the fire because it's so cold. What's your favourite food and wine pairing? I know that there's so many good pairings out there. A lot of the time, I just drink what I like and eat what I like. Yeah. Yes. You know, it, it, uh, the, but if I'm going somewhere and I really, really want to match my food, I can't go past a nice dry rosé with a salmon, very classic pairing. Oh, yes. I yeah. mean, that just hits the spot. I love a good rosé and um, I do order fish when I go out. So that for me is a real highlight. But also, love, I, I think I'm into more traditional pairings, you know, the chicken, the chardonnay, yeah. the lamb, the pinot noir, um, those sorts of things. But a lot of the time I will, if I'm going out for dinner, I just really try and find a bottle of wine that I really want to drink and then a yeah. meal I really like to drink. So <laughs> a meal yeah. I like to eat. <laughs> Yes, yeah, no, uh, I get otherwise, that. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, just go for a traditional pairing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I'm the same as well. I'm kind of, if I'm eating something and I feel like a drink and I feel like drinking like a Chardonnay or a rose, I'll just have what I'm feeling like. And yes. Unless, yeah, unless I'm going out for dinner. And then if I'm going out for dinner, and it, I would, I kind of like to do wine pairings as well because I like to see what other people would pair with stuff. Yeah. And then I don't yeah. have to think, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, I, I think that's right. Like if I'm going out for dinner, I love going, look, we're having the, I'm having the fish for a main. What do you recommend? And I'll mm. try and, you know, find a bottle that might match both the, the entree and main. And it's, and it's fun, but at home, I probably don't go to that, to that length. No, no, definitely <laughs> I just not. it open and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Same here. What do you think the wine industry will see more or less of in 2021? Oh, look, I know that um, people are much more willing to buy online, which we've yes. found. Uh, it's, you know, it's it, people are happier to buy online that maybe haven't bought online before, which is great. Um, been a, seen a big resurgence for buying local and supporting local, which we're very mm. grateful for. Um, yes. And something that's helped us throughout COVID um, throughout the last 12 months. And I feel like it's going to continue. And definitely local tourism, so people visiting their local wineries um, and something that we're we're setting up. So I find that those three things are the, you know, it's about supporting local, drinking local, going online and, and being a little bit more open to new technologies. Yeah, no, definitely. I, fi- I found that I have been shopping a lot more online and sort of going, yes, yeah, sort of going, normally I'd like, like to go into a bottle store and ask people but now I find that yeah I'm just going online and just reading the descriptions and just sort of going off that so I definitely yeah. can see that happening more yeah and I, and I think it's also what we're hoping to do with our salad door is combine them both so people visit the salad door but then they can record their favorite wines in an account that then they can buy online so I feel like yeah. you know embracing new technologies to, to merge the two together is really important going forward as well Yes, no, definitely. Will you have a wine membership at the Salador as well? Yeah, so we're we're launching a wine club next month. Um, oh, okay. I'm sort of, yeah, I'm launching that in preparation so we can make sure we've got everything. Uh, I've been working on it now for a few years. It's just been one of those <laughs> wow. projects that it just kept putting off because of COVID. But um, yeah, so it's the right time now. We're launching that uh, next month, and and that will be available online, but also at the Salador. And it includes yeah. perks at the Salador, so, um, you know, tastings with our winemaker and, and so mm. forth. 
No, that's awesome. I love I love mm. memberships like that that give you like a little bit of a different experience. Yes, well, I think our point of difference is we do have a beautiful vineyard and property, and you know we've got a great team that that love to chat to our to chat to customers and and wine yeah. lovers. So I think it's making the most of that and making people feel like they're part of our extended Austin's family when they visit, which was which yes. is good. No, definitely. Um, what does a typical day look like for you? If oh, there is a typical really, day. There is not a typical day for me, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think it depends on on what I've got on, but definitely I try and put a few hours aside. I still do a lot of the website management and um, and oversee, you know, strategy, digital media. So I'll probably do a couple of hours of that every day. Mm. Um, I do staff KPIs and, and management. I try and make sure the culture here is good. So you know, like I had to buy a coffee machine yesterday. We have to keep things up. <laughs> we can't have our broken coffee machine. We need to keep morale no. up, um, mm. you know, and then to helping design labels and organising a wine club and getting back to customer emails and it's yes. just whatever needs doing, uh, I'm here to do. So there is never a typical day in my work life, which I do love, to be honest. I love variety. Yeah, no, that's great. I feel like I'm the same. I love having every day different and getting to experience lots of different things definitely yes. yeah for sure um so yeah and uh, you know it definitely does depend on on the time of year as well so yeah uh, the seasons change and so do we you know what happens in the winery and what's happening in the the office and so forth so yeah, it's all very exciting though. <laughs> Apart from your cellar door are there any um plans in the works for six foot six wine and Austin wines this year? Yeah, sure. So for Austin's, it's about launching our wine club. Um, yeah. We're going to be doing some cool wine dinners as well as a salad draw. And then for Six Foot Six, we've got a really cool, I can't give too much away, but we've got a collaboration <laughs> with um, another uh, alcohol business that isn't wine. Oh, so that okay. will be very exciting. So that's probably uh, a winter release. Uh, and okay. then we have a new product uh, for Six Foot Six. So we haven't had a new product for a while and we're releasing that in September this year. So it will be a, another sparkling and that's the little ah. uh, I will give away. So, uh, <laughs> that's all I can say, but it's all very good. So that's that's uh, that's probably enough for us this year, I think. <laughs> yes, no, that, that's actually quite a lot of things, especially with the cellar door. <laughs> yeah yeah we, we like to keep going keep moving so uh, no, it's good fire. it's good yeah. good to stand out from the crowd as well yeah that's right you got to keep moving you got to you got to keep coming up with new ideas I feel like um and uh mm. trying to find ways to keep involving customers so it's good yeah definitely I mean I'm having at the moment I just seem to order sparkling all the time so I'm very happy to yes. hear that you're releasing another sparkling yes well we can't keep up with the Prosecco um, we get yeah. our six foot six Prosecco from the King Valley and mm. uh, we cannot keep up like it's just incredible so we thought well, yeah. let's add another sparkling to the range and um, yeah should be good for anyone that hasn't been on your website what styles yes. do you do in each of the ranges so Austin's, um, we have Cuvée, a Riesling, a Chardonnay, a Pinot Noir, a Shiraz, and a Late Harvest Riesling. Okay. So that's for our Austin's range. And our six foot six range, we have a Prosecco, a Sauvignon Blanc, a Chardonnay, a Pinot Gris, uh, a Rosé, a Pinot Noir, and a Shiraz. 
Oh, wow. So six foot six has a massive range. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's our, you know, that's our, our volume at the moment and it's, yeah. it's sold all over Australia. So um, we're really lucky that, so when we launch this product, it'll be our eighth wine oh, range. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is really cool. And um, we find that people trust the brand now. So when we bring yeah. out another skew, they're like, well, that's going to be good because we do really try and keep, the, you know, the quality of our wines are really good across the range. So um, it helps because you know how it can just be so overwhelming when you go to a bottle shop. You're like, well, yes, it can. be good. <laughs> what am I mm. doing? So when you find a brand that you trust, it's much easier. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh, definitely. You know, I find that if I go to a bottle store and I'm not sure, I'll always be like, oh, that's a pretty label. I'll just pick that. And sometimes it works and sometimes it does not work at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time it doesn't work. Yeah, um, no, a lot and- of the time it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's been great. So we rebranded in 2012. For six yeah. foot six, so we had this really old label that cost Scott eighty dollars. This really oh, wow. it was a cool label, but it was for our yeah. uni student, cost him eighty dollars. And then we're like, we need a rebrand, um, and we we did that. But what happened was because the label was really stood out on the shelf, especially with the striped mm. cap, our sales doubled. Oh wow! Just from the label, but then they continued to grow because what inside the bottle people enjoyed. So it was really interesting to see how that change did make such an impact mm. on the business. No, that's yeah. amazing. I feel like a lot of people do shop by the label as well if they're not yes. sure. So, yeah, Thank very you. interesting to hear. Showing that um, that's I think it's I think it's over thirty uh, percent purchase wine based on a label in a bottle shop. Ah, oh wow, that's cra- that's quite a lot. That's huge, yeah. Mm. I, I don't know if that's. That's quite up to date, that data. But last time I looked at it, it was quite a lot. So, yeah. I, I was looking on your um, website and I also Googled the brands and you and stuff like that when I was coming up with some questions. Yeah. And I found your Rent a Vine program, which yes. I was really fascinated with. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about it and where did the idea come from? Yeah, so I, it was uh, about five years ago that Scott and I had a conversation and we said, look, we would really love to have people come in and, and be involved in the winemaking process from start to finish. Hmm. Um, and we sort of at the time spoke to our winemaker, like what is possible, um, and came up with the rent vine program. So these people basically come in, they come, there's five workshops throughout the year and it's from picking to um, to bottling. Yeah. And they have a hand in making a special batch of either Pinot Noir or Chardonnay, which is really great. Ah. And, um, yeah, so, you know, that's a special batch for that group. Uh, and then they can create their own labels, um, which we which we print for them and put the labels on. And um, they have their own wine to keep. So you get from two to three dozen, depending on your membership level. Um, okay. And, yeah, and it's uh, it's been fantastic. We're in our second year this year. Obviously, yeah. having our first year in COVID wasn't ideal. Mm, um, no. <laughs> but everyone was still really happy. We we just moved some sessions online and we sent out cheese packs and, you know, it was, we're just trying to make the most of, of the year. Uh, yeah. But what we find is that people really that start to understand about wine a lot more about what goes into it uh, and more than that we just feel really connected to people and yes. we get to know them and yeah we look forward to seeing them at the next workshops and hmm. it's just it's a fantastic way to get people involved in the 
winemaking process, but also we're going to have brand ambassadors for life from it because people really yes. understand the love and care that we have for making wine and, and for, you know, getting to know people as well. So it's just a, a great program we're really uh, happy with. No, it's it sounds amazing. So are you going to be doing it online and in person or after COVID are you just going to sort of do it in person? Yeah, so we looked at doing it online uh, because it, uh, the online sessions we did were really successful. But what yeah. we found was that people weren't interested in a year-long online course. So when we open our cellar door, we will offer online tastings, but we decided against doing a year-long version of that. But we're happy to do one-off maybe blending or tastings or you know, uh, behind the scenes sort of. Behind the scenes, yeah. Yeah, but but we found that face-to-face is really what people wanted. So we just Oh, no, definitely. Mm. I can imagine it's quite a hands-on process so people would yes. want to be more involved. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But doing it online just didn't have that same appeal as coming out to a vineyard and getting your yeah. hands dirty and, mm. and, you know, actually picking the grapes and we had some foot stomping um we had some plunging <laughs> yes. we had you know it was it was yeah. a fun day and, and then people get to sit down and have a catered meal at the end um and share in a glass of wine so you know it's it's very different when you do it in person oh my god definitely and what's mm. the price point for that so it starts from two thousand dollars for yeah. a single membership and goes up to uh, around three and a half thousand for um, a partner membership, and you get okay. five work five catered workshops, two to three dozen bottles of wine, which is pretty much valued at a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars just there. Yeah, um, and yeah, and it's uh, and then yeah, lots of lots of stuff goes into it. You get yeah, it's it's just uh a great program that we're yeah, we're really happy with. We love it. You know, it sounds amazing. I would love to do something like that. I haven't mm. actually seen anyone do something that in depth and in person before. So I really I really like the idea behind it. Yeah. Look, there are a few versions of it around Victoria. I don't know if okay. there's many other places. Um are, are some of them are quite technical and in depth, which suits a lot of people. We sort of try and make ours a little bit more about fun, about socialising, about yeah. We make it very informative, but try not to make it too highbrow for people that are new to wine or yes. just getting started on their wine journey. So we sort of have um, a different. We appeal to a different market, but we find that you know people just have a really good time when they're here as well. So that makes it good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I just We're coming up to our last question and I just wanted yes. to say a massive thank you for coming on today and chatting through Six Foot Six and Austin Wines. It's been such a great chat. Thank you. Oh, um, thanks for having me. <laughs> no, it's, it's been really, really interesting. I'm loving meeting, well, not meeting, but chatting to lots of different yes. people in the wine industry. and It's so fascinating. Yeah. Um, so the last question, which is probably the hardest, and we can do from the Six Foot Six range and the Austin wine range as well to give okay. like a different price point. Um, sure. From both those ranges, which would you take to A, a dinner party, B, a barbecue, and C, a picnic with the girls? Okay, dinner party. I would take uh, a six foot six uh, Pinot Noir. I'd take an Austin's yeah. Chardonnay. So I think they're very versatile. To yeah. a barbecue, I would take a six foot six Pinot Gris. 
and I would take an Austin's Pinot Noir to a barbecue. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Oh, I'm trying to come up with different things. Uh, to a picnic with the girls. Is that what the last one was? Yes, that's what it was. Picnic with the girls. Well, that's that's pretty easy. I'd take both. I'd either take the cuvee um, yes. from Austin's and the Prosecco from Six Foot Six because I love a bit of bubbles. With the Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. Now I feel like people have found this question really, really helpful because I know when people are like, oh, I'm going to a dinner party. What do I take? Like, do yes. I take this? Do I take that? So it's a good question to sort of if people are looking at your wines and they're not sure what they want to buy. It's kind of a good way to delve into it a little more yeah yeah definitely yeah definitely well thank you so much for coming on today and chatting with me it's been a really great chat and I've really enjoyed talking to you thank you same here thank you so much for listening please rate review subscribe and share with your friends I'll see you next week for another closer look into the wine industry now go and grab that glass of wine you deserve it